James. Hey, Duncan. How are you, bro? Well, I'm feeling much better than I was last time. I think it's fairly safe to say. James has been unwell last time. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Classroom is the podcast where James and I talk about a topic. Today, that's going to be tech titans. Um, mm. And so I thought I'd start off like, James, when you were growing up, who did you want to meet? And for me, it was people like sports stars, musicians, and maybe supermodels. <laughs> so it, was, it was real mature. And Misha Barton. <laughs> no, but I'm talking about like, I don't know, teenager Duncan or whatever, right? Uh, and now, um, it's politicians and business people. That's definitely the ones that I wanted in. And maybe some entertainers that are sort of more political, like Dave Chappelle, I'd love to meet him. But I think yeah. he's got quite a great commentary on, you know, politics as an example though. <laughs> mm. So mm. life's changed a lot. Who, who did you want to meet growing up? Growing up, it was definitely sports stars. Shaquille O'Neal, probably top of the list there. Um, but I definitely resonate with the shift towards, um, maybe it's, yeah, like business people in general, but also um, like just some inspiring minds like Jordan Peterson, top of the list. Uh, t- Tim Urban, uh, you know, even Sam Harris, I think would be a really fascinating person to get to meet and talk to. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's shifted massively. Um, all right, so maybe sort of, we're going to talk about, I know James put out a few more here, but there's no way we're going to get through them all. So I just thought I'd pick no. the biggest ones, which is like Bezos, Elon, Zuckerberg, and Jobs, although Jobs is no longer around. But if, if we're just sort of starting, like, and maybe before we get into this, if you could go, have dinner with one person for one hour, who would it be, James, and why? So I think I, not I like, feel not like, like your family and friends, you know, but yeah, not like your last dinner, just one dinner of one person, yeah. Yeah, like one on one. Like I, I think mm. it's fairly um, lopsided because for me, it's clearly Elon. Yeah. Why? <laughs> and well, um, there's two parts. One, I don't actually mm. feel any desire to have a dinner with Bezos, Zuckerberg, or Jobs. Maybe <laughs> Jobs. Um, but like, I just can't see and- like getting to meet. Bezos or Zuckerberg would be, you know, a, a, a an incident worthy of my time. I'm not going to go <laughs> too too far into the ego stratosphere. But when you're talking about sitting down, having a dinner face to face, and how the conversation would likely flow, I can only imagine having a really engaging um, discussion with with Elon. Um, and I don't think it's, you know, oh well, because he's like the founder of Tesla and. SpaceX, but to me, it's like how he thinks, and mm. and you know we're very fortunate in this day and age to be privy to witnessing that when he goes on shows like Joe Rogan and when he you know shares his thoughts on uh, interviews, mm. and you can just see that he is well to me he's he's a he's he's a fanatically curious and inquisitive individual, uh, and he like has a way of like not taking things at face value, but rather like wanting to break them down to like what he calls first principles and trying to build them up, um, you know, from there. And so I think in addition to, you know, his, his, his uh, particular brand of humor that I think we all find very <laughs> engaging, uh, it, it would be a clear win for Elon for me. Um, just, just for me, um, it would be Elon too. And I think that the main reason is that he talks about things far beyond just his businesses. Um, I think his thoughts about philosophy as an example, about the point of humanity as an example, but also he, he seems to try to have fun. Uh, I, I'm assuming he's pretty intense human, <laughs> but he's also like cracking jokes on Twitter or on, you know, whatever, Joe Rogan and other places, um, playing guitar and singing, you know, at, at South by Southwest and other stuff. And so he just seems to be, I suppose, the most polymath, the most broad, and also the one enjoying it the most. All right, so let's get into... Um, this maybe we should have start this it's like 
the best and worst thing about each person from your perspective. And so mm-hmm. we should start with Elon. What do you think, James? What is your best and worst thing about him? Uh, with Elon Musk. So for me, like I just love his sheer audacity of looking at some of the biggest global issues. Like, you know, I don't know, transitioning the world's global energy to electric and becoming an interplanetary species, just to, to name a few, and going all in on those. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to forget what just under two decades ago, he had just founded and sold out um, of his share in PayPal. And so his resume did not necessarily call to the fact that this was someone who could actually, um, you know, build the new industry. So that's the, 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 the biggest thing that I admire about him. But I also, like you said, think that he's just someone who knows to have fun. Uh, and you can see that expressed through, you know, the way in which he just decides to go and, you know, start selling... I don't know, flamethrowers or tequila <laughs> in, the, in Tesla. Um, and he doesn't stop there either. He, you know, his new initiatives like Boring Company and Neuralink, like any one person who would start these companies would be hailed as a, as a tech titan in their own right. But this is just all like, you know, a footnote on Elon's uh, <laughs> list of things that he's working on. Maybe I'll stick with the best thing and then we can do sort of worst thing. Like to me, um, there's a lot of sort of obvious ones, um, but... He puts so much of his life on display, um, <clears throat> whether it's sort of Twitter, whether it's, you know, I think he does more interviews in, in, and, you know, things than, than I see in almost any other sort of the tech titans do. And from my perspective, this means that you can learn a lot from him. I personally don't want to have my life on display, <laughs> um, but I think he is really raw with that. And that means he's built a, a massive personal brand. And so that means that, I don't know, he can have a factory in China, which is fully owned by Tesla, the first one. You know, everything before that was 51% owned by some local Chinese people. Or he can get up in the grill of the German, you know, regulators mm. who are approving the thing, you know. So to me, perhaps the upside is that his branding means that he can do those sort of things. Um, but he puts so much of his life on display and you can learn, I think, so much from him because he's just cultivated himself out of control. So the biggest strength I thought of me is his life's on display. It's certainly not something that I want to emulate. So, <laughs> and have my life on display. What about weakness, James? So, when, when we talk about weaknesses, like I, I feel like it's unfair to be critical of the man because he's just so fucking awesome. Oh, it's fair. Uh, he has some, done some silly, silly things. Yeah, he does do some silly things. Like first of all, he's literally a robot, um, and I think that's um, you know in, uh, evidenced by the name of his child or his progeny. Um, which I still don't know how to pronounce properly, but I think it's just, it's X-Ash A12, just something to that effect. And if anyone's seen how it's actually spelled, um, it's a dead, it's a dead giveaway. But okay, so weaknesses, um, I guess that's a great way to kind of like, um, to spin it is for me, presentation skill certainly doesn't, <laughs> um, you know, highlight as, as one of his strengths, which if you think about it, it's actually probably one of the reasons why he's so endearing is because he doesn't come up onto the stage like Steve Jobs and have clearly got this bombastic, um, you know, persona. He's just, he kind of fidgets and he doesn't really mumble, but he fumbles around and he just like talks through things um, in, in a way that you would expect an intellect in a small, um, you know, room to do so. But he's presenting in front of literally hundreds of millions of people. So I would say those are the things. The other thing I would, the last point I would make is he sometimes doesn't really think through his actions or what he says online. And when he, you know, makes a, a pretty bold claim 
or something very, very um, impactful, um, that doesn't always go the right way. Yeah. Um, maybe just to take on this sort of one thing. Um, presentation skills. So, so Steve Jobs was famous for doing you know, massive amounts of preparation for the presentations that Apple gave. And that one of the things that they, they did was that they turned them into a marketing platform, right? So they mm. would you know, launch something and then every news media outlet, not every, but like, they got massive amount of media coverage across the globe, sort of free. Um, and Elon Musk is kind of famous for the opposite, doing no preparation <laughs> because he's got more important things. You know? So I think the content quality that he's got is 10 out of 10. But whereas Jobs might have been prepping for two weeks beforehand and doing dry runs and other stuff, Elon just walks onto the stage and is like, yep. And what's funny is they get the same amount of press coverage, right? Yeah. So they're launching whatever, something for SpaceX or they're launching something for Tesla or for, or for Neuralink. But it's through, the, through the, almost the exact opposite presentation prep. Um, and what I think is also funny is that there's a maniacal attention to product quality at, I believe, Tesla as an example. And Elon is involved in the minutiae, big time. And I think there was a similar maniacal attention to product quality at Apple with jobs involved in the minutiae, big time. A similar marketing strategy, but two almost very different people at the top. I would say that Jobs was a UX person, right? And Elon is an engineer. Um, but it's, it's like the products are the same in some respects, of you know, a quality of the utmost importance, <laughs> um, but through totally different strategies. So this is not a, a weakness, I suppose, but it's just different. Mm. Yeah, well, firstly, my question is, is it Minutia or Minutia, Duncan? Minutia. Uh, Manusha. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's just, it's good to be on the other side for once. Um, so here's the thing I, I kind of like picked up on that. And I think Elon actually did give this some thought. So the format seems to me completely carbon copy of what Apple championed, which is these, um, you know, developer conferences, major release announcements of, and presentations, where, as you would say, it would draw in the global media to do all the marketing for them. And so I think Elon and Tesla and SpaceX do that in a very similar vein. So where he differs is his own contribution to those um, media events. And as you rightly pointed out, like he spends, like he, he's across the details. It's not like he gets up on stage and is like, oh, what am I talking about? He knows it all. He just doesn't do any prep. But I, I would factor it, or I would hazard a guess that being as a clever cookie as he is, he made the conscious decision to say like, no, it's not important that I'm you know, well polished in my presentation. All we have to do is just get up, share what we've worked on, what's coming next, and we can just wing it to a, to a degree. And as you said, it's still got the same level of impact or the same reach, if not probably even more, because they spend zero dollars on marketing. And it's just like one of the world's most pervasive brands so it's like it might actually be an insanely like genius move on his part to 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 know where he puts his effort and where he doesn't maybe we just talk this whole episode about elon <laughs> and just to do one sort of point each we could so, we could so, so, no, seriously like um he, he's the most interesting in my opinion um one of the differences we could, I we could think go through jobs, all of them yeah. go on oh one of the differences between jobs and elon i mean there are many is that Elon's on Twitter, you know, every day pretty much, posting stuff, doing things about whatever, Dogecoin. He's on Saturday Night Live. Um, he's mm. interviewed in other places, right? 
where he's not necessarily talking about his businesses. He's just talking about life, if that makes sense. Whereas Jobs, in my opinion, was far more Apple, Apple, Apple. So, in his, so he had a public external facing thing, right? But then he kept his life, you know, the rest of it much more private. Um, yeah. So he was talking about product stuff. And I think Elon has been sort of semi-public, you know, on Twitter or whatever, and interviewed. Um, and so he's got a, I'd say a personal brand that is different to Tesla or SpaceX. Whereas Jobs was Apple much more. And what he showed publicly was Apple as opposed to himself. Mm. Um, and so I think one of the major differences, so I've just finished reading Liftoff, which is a book which was um, written about SpaceX, the early days of SpaceX. And it was um, endorsed by Elon. So he got time, the, the person who wrote this got time with Elon and senior SpaceX people. Um, and what became really clear is, also during the book, is they said, these, the best engineers, what are the number one and two companies they want to work for America? Tesla and SpaceX. And it's been that way for like a decade, right? <laughs> and so they, he said there was so many people there like 10 years ago, then SpaceX, I suppose, wasn't what it is today. And all the best people were going there because of Elon. Because they were inspired by him and they knew they could get stuff done and there wasn't, you know, stifling bureaucracy. And so perhaps it's a different marketing strategy. Do you know what I mean? So most or many of the um, presentations, so for instance, Battery Day, I think that was mainly to recruit engineers and to motivate the 40,000 Tesla employees at the time. They'll do a presentation for Neuralink and Elon will say, the only reason we're doing this is we want to hire great engineers. And they'll go through and they'll show that little thing that they've put in there. And so to me, Jobs was selling the product. Elon is being himself, which I happen to find extraordinarily inspiring. I also don't think he's everyone's cup of tea. (laughs) Um, And I think that this is a recruiting tactic for engineers, right? Also, people learn about whatever, Teslas and other stuff. So it is a sort of product thing, but it's both, right? It's engineering recruiting or or talent recruiting and product, whereas Jobs was much more just product. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, so I think your original point about like how these two individuals live, whether vicariously or like through their, their companies, like to your point, like Jobs was Apple. Like Apple was Jobs, I think maybe if you look at it publicly, publicly, so Pub- I don't think yeah. he showed much more of himself necessarily. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like it was, it was definitely revelatory, revelatory, revelatory. When <clears throat> reading, the, um, you know, the biography of Jobs about how when he was home, he would not let any of his family members like use their Apple devices. Like he was. That's quite an over exaggeration, James. He was well. Not any. It, it, he was pushing back on some use of iPad at certain times. He didn't say mm. you can't have a Mac or something. So that's a, in my okay, opinion, non, non-trivially so, yeah. okay. you know, wrong misrepresentation of these things. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I think um, different. It was it was it was an overstep in generalization, but it was Massive in the work. same vein um, with with Elon. He's a he. I I feel like it's much more blended between his role as you know, the leader of SpaceX and Tesla and how he operates in his personal life, which to your point is in a much more public vein. And so it's, it's an interesting, I think, characterization because Elon seemed to have found a way to, on one hand, be, you know, incredibly execution and hardworking. Like, you know, he would, he's well known for working 12 plus hours a day, but I, I feel like he's also, I don't know if laid back is the right word, but he just seemed to have this, 
He doesn't come across as intense. He doesn't come across as someone. Not when he's extraordinarily intense. Oh, tell me, tell me your thoughts on that then. Do I think Elon can laugh? Yes. Do I think Bezos can laugh, but he's scary when he laughs. Yeah, but do I think Elon can relax and and I don't know have fun? Yes, yes. You know, um, did you see much of that in Jobs? Well, not really. I'm not saying he didn't, but he did it in public. I think, but he's one of the most intense humans going around. <laughs> that those things aren't mutually exclusive to me. Um, so it's sort of interesting, like. What, you know, what I think Elon has done, which is really interesting, he has no filter, almost, right? Um, and mm. it's, I know that when I speak at Ed Rollo, I'm very much trying to think about what I think is the right thing to say. This is not me trying to not be myself. I think you're mm. different things in different places. I'm trying to be what I think it is best to be at that moment. Sometimes yeah. I'm not trying to be something. I'm just like, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, it's organic. But, but most of the time at work, I'm trying to think, what's the kind of energy I want? How do I want to say this? I want to say it right. Elon... We'll just smoke weed on Joe Rogan, you know? He'll go on yeah. there and he'll tweet, oh yeah, Tesla going private at 420, a reference to weed, you know? He will you know, go on and have jokes about Dogecoin all over the place. He'll, he'll just literally spit it as like, you know, raw as, as possible. And I think this is, in mm. my opinion, part of his charm. Now again, not everyone, but to me, it's beautiful that he just is, to me, like almost no filter. And that uh, Jobs in some respects is almost the opposite. 100% filter. <laughs> um, and and this, this extraordinarily carefully curated you know, image of what Apple is and what he was doing and, and really put it forward. Whereas Elon's just like, yep, yeah, or he'll change his mind. So to me, I don't know, the, the no filter bit is, is one thing that I really admire about Elon. Yeah, um, but like all of those points that you make about Elon, hmm. to me, speaks in the opposite direction to someone that I would characterize as intense. So I'm still trying to, to discuss discern what okay. it is about Elon that you think yeah. is intense. Work ethic and how hard he pushes people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, standard is my understanding and from reading Liftoff, you know, whatever, 9am till midnight. That's normal, right? Um, they'll be at the space. So, so um, Sandy Munro was recently and they were at, at Saturday and they were doing a design review and it was 11pm on a Saturday night, right? And they started at 8 and they're still going. <laughs> Elon's sitting there, right? Um, Many, many people, like, they give up their weekends, they give up their family life, there's other stuff, and they burn them out. Uh, so it is one of the most intense, most hardcore working environments. Mm. Um, now, both of those companies almost died. Um, and you could argue, well, was that because they were trying to go too hard or was it because they weren't going hard enough, you know? Middle of column B. Um, and I think Elon, having been through near-death experiences, you know, uh, I suppose, you know, and the push, so to me, it's well known that he is one of the most intense people to work with and for, how hard he pushes himself and how hard he pushes others. And you can see the turnover of people at places like SpaceX and Tesla is huge. Now, a lot of people say it's you know, the most rewarding working time of their life, but they did it for four years and mm. they don't want to do that for the next 40, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he is extraordinarily intense, yeah. All right, so I, I, let, let me just try and like p- pick this apart one last time. So. Contrasting it with Steve Jobs, like back in the day when he was trying to build his own team around, I think it was the Macintosh, um, and people in those early days, it was similar vein where they were working insane hours um, and it was like do or die. But they would talk specifically on how, like, 
overbearing Steve was as a as a as a leader, as someone to work for, and how they said it was the worst and best time of our lives. Like, kind of like how you know you you described it when you when they look back on it, they were like they oh that was like an incredible period, but like to work for Steve Jobs was overwhelmingly stressful because he was like he would like come down on people if they weren't on on track or if they were if something was going wrong he was kind of I, I, i'll stop short of yelling at people i can't remember if he was doing no, he that but he would, for sure he, he, yeah so he was very aggressive so maybe i'm conflating intense with aggression but for me i feel like that was intense when people had to work for steve jobs like pre um you know the before he got fired for the first time. Where for mm. me, the way you describe Elon and you know working for him in a company where you're doing 12 plus hour days on the weekend, it's just like, it's, it's hard work. And maybe the environment is intense, but I don't necessarily think that that equates to him being intense. So I would, I would posit that like, sure, Elon knows exactly what it, what's required to do great things, to build a company like, Tesla and SpaceX from the ground up and what that's going to, you know, require of people around him. But as an individual, I don't know if I would characterize him as intense like I would Steve Jobs or Jeff Bezos. I think, well, let's just stick with Jobs. So I think Jobs was just a dickhead to work with. <laughs> and that's really, really okay. different. So he, he was, like I, think he got, I think he got a lot better. So the stories are that when he was younger, he was mercurial uh, um, and he was just, you know, fly off the handle and, you know, unreasonable yeah right um yeah, yeah and then he mellowed a lot when he got older um and i'm not saying that he didn't have you know a lot of value to add when he was younger clearly he did right um yeah and so yelling and screaming at people being unreasonable about certain details you know so if you need a fair and proportional response if something doesn't go well otherwise you're effectively endorsing it as okay okay that's just being a pain in the ass to work with that's not being intense to me right that's a very different thing so he's just a difficult character intense to me is, for instance, how hard you push yourself and how hard you push others. And Elon, I think, is perhaps one, you know, level of intensity. You reckon he's like a chill guy? <laughs> like, um, do I think he can laugh at certain times? Yes. Do I think at other times he is 400% intense and mm. there's no smiling, there's just things. So as an example, in the end of the, the, the liftoff book on SpaceX, there's a sort of, you know, there's a guy was doing, and he said, Elon says, you know, perhaps once I should have gone and had a drink with the team. So the other team, when they finished the launches, <clears throat> they would go and have a drink to celebrate, right? Yep. And Elon never once did it. He just went immediately back to work, right? And so to me, you can see sometimes where he's in relax mode and he's having a laugh or something. But it's very clear that in work mode, how hard he pushes himself and how hard he pushes others, I think is more than yep. as, any, as anybody. So that's what I'm talking about with intensity. Okay, I think I feel like I understand it a lot better now. Um, maybe we should, I should offer to talk a little bit more about Steve Jobs in a positive light. <laughs> um, one of the things, you know, on top of everything that he achieved in creating Apple, Pixar, and um, you know, the rest of you know, his body of work, one of the things I find in, incredibly impressive with Steve Jobs, maybe post-Pixar um, uh, era, or after he got fired for the first time, were his public speeches. And I'm not talking about presentations at, um, you know, product events, but when he would go to, um, you know, graduation ceremonies or talk at universities just on, you know, 
his life as a founder so far. And, you know, I think we've all seen the video where he is giving a talk and some someone stands up and gives him quite an adversarial line of questioning around OpenDoc. And I think, like, he finished his question with, and perhaps you can tell us what you've been up to for the last few years. Like, <laughs> pretty, pretty, like, you know, direct. And it was... Like, I think the, the, the most impressive part is that he didn't just react like, you know, I would probably want to do in that moment. Like, my, my amygdala would flare up and like, oh, you just want to take me on? Well, like, you know, F you. He just paused and he just thought for at least 10 seconds, I think, before he responded. Uh, and then he gave a very, like, in my mind, an elegant response to the importance of understanding what particular technology or product means for the customer rather than the superior or the superiority of the technology for its own sake and i just think the way steve jobs talks in those moments is insanely inspiring mm. i think so to think here slightly um there's from his earlier days i remember they did an off-site for next um and there's recording some of the sort of speeches that or the talks that jobs is giving um I think to be able to build businesses to this level, you almost have to be wise. You know, it, the ability to inspire is one of the absolute core ingredients for a leader mm. to me. Um, so there's like, let's say levels of leadership through intimidation, that's like negative, through like <laughs> rules um, and money, you know, that's okay, you know, and then through inspiration. So those are sort of yep. three types of leaders, right? Um, if you really want to collect a large portion of people together, like tens of thousands of people, and get them to help build this thing. If you can't inspire people, I just don't know it's possible, right? I think it's like an essential ingredient. And inspiration doesn't come in one form or shape. It could be many different shapes. But I think you must, I think, have deeper knowledge, or oh, sorry, I think it's much better to have deeper knowledge than just the vertical you're in. I don't know, making electric cars or computers. And, and when you hear them speak, like whether it's Jobs' whatever, commencement speech at Stanford from 2006, or whether it's, it's people you're talking about, you know, Elon, I don't know, the broader perspective of, of politics, like you hear him talk about it, and you're just like, whoa, like you're one of the best people I've ever heard talk about politics, you know, and understanding mm. different ways of doing things. So someone asks him, what kind of political system should you have on Mars? Or how do you think about this? And it's just like, oh yeah, you know, and I'm like, what? How come <laughs> Elon is one of the most insightful people about politics I've ever heard talking? And this isn't his day job, you know? Uh, so I suppose what I'm sort of getting to is that they're all likely, whatever, you know, Bezos, Elon, Zuckerberg, um, polymath, you know, sort of, you know, philosopher kings in some respects. Mm. Um, and it's, it's a necessity to be able to build a business that big. So they say you either become the job or you're not good at it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so to be able to build a, a, a business that is, I don't know, mega. And these are, these are mega, they're all mega businesses, right? Like tier one yeah. size. You have to be a great leader. What is, in yeah. my opinion, one component of great leaders? Not you know, there's many. Inspiration. So you, if you can't inspire people, then it's it's almost impossible to get a large group of people to go and build something, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I think they're both inspirational, big time. Yeah. Well, I, like when you when you talk about Steve Jobs and inspiration, it just reminds me of um, when he was trying to lure John Scully away from Pepsi, hmm. and it was it was like I think you know on the nose all the way up until he was about to leave and he just said, do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life or do you want to come with me and change the world? And and I think it was described by Scully as like that was what 
just made him go, holy crap, like, I have to go work for his, this man. And yeah. Scully was being hired to be CEO of Apple and Scully was the well, CEO of Pepsi at the time. And so he was actually Jobs' boss. Um, yeah. And there was well, a big throwdown and the board went with Scully. Yeah, work for this company, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it, I, I feel like you're exactly right because it's easy to forget these companies like Tesla and Apple, before they become these giant behemoths, they're these unproven businesses that you need to inspire people to want to, you know, give up whatever, um, you know, arrangement they have in their current life to come and build. And I think inspiration is, is a necessary, like you can't just throw money at people and say like, oh, you know, I'll you know, take care of you from a monetary perspective if you come and build Macintosh. Like that wasn't the answer. Like you had to get people to believe in your own vision. And I think that's you know, the key here in terms of like being able to inspire is like, crafting and communicating a compelling vision of the future and whatever it is that you're trying to build and then convincing people to actually join you on that journey i find like as you say like that's a, that's a necessary trait of a leader but it's also something that i think it's not underappreciated because all great leaders have it but maybe it's really hard to truly capture the essence of what that requires of someone to be able to do yeah, I think, um, now again, um, each, each to their own. And not, you know, so not everyone's cup of, you know, what someone finds inspiring is what everyone else will. But I think it's, it's like self-evident. Um, okay, so, so most people, you know, if you start a company, you're there from the beginning, right? You found it. Um, and when you start, it's very small. You don't start with a thousand people. Um, perhaps somebody somewhere has done that, but normally it's whatever, you know, a handful of people. And... You've got to have some plan of what you're doing, right? A vision. You can't not. Whereas you can join a big company. Like I joined Google. I didn't have a vision. I was hired to do a job. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so effectively, if you start a company, I don't think you can't not have a vision. You have to, right? Whereas you can join yep. companies and have no vision. For sure. Like, you know. And then you've got to talk to others about it. It's also called strategy. Do you know what I mean? So vision is like sort of long-term, you know, macro strategy, right? And you've got to talk about it all the time. And so I think you slowly improve your thoughts. So if I think about Ed Rollo, our initial stuff was to just give people access to the best teachers through video. And that's admirable, right? Um, but the vision that we have today, and I'm not going to get into it too much here because it's also something that we don't initially externally, or you, at a macro level, it's improving education where there's a lot more detail. Um, wasn't, oh, that was option three. And I just decided to go with option one. It wasn't possible. So hmm. each time you speak, it kind of grows a little bit and then you earn these secrets through the work that you do. And so I'd say that we're on version 100 of the vision, right? And that this is like wildly beyond anything I could conceive, uh, you know, eight years ago when we started this. Um, and that because I've had to talk about the vision, sometimes really small, in the beginning, we would um, have coffee with um, all the founders with every new person that started. Um, that's stopped because that just means my, my you know, week is having coffees with people, right? <laughs> um, and, and you kind of do a little recap of the vision. But now it's like my team. And so I would be talking about the vision weekly, minimum, right? And even this year, I'd say it's 50% different, the actualization of it, so the details. If I do a 10-minute spiel on the vision now versus in December last year, five of those 10 minutes would be different. Mm. And five of those mm. 10 minutes aren't things that I knew, they're brand new thoughts. And so what I'm trying to get to here is, I think that you be able to become inspiring 
because you have to, if that makes sense. Yeah, you yeah, have to yeah. build something and you do it through practice. So I've talked about vision at least once a week for eight and a half years, right? And, and yep. for probably an hour a week for eight and a half years, I talked about vision. And other people added Rollo have talked about vision and they might have been there for five years, zero. Who's better? You know, it's not because I was born this way. I've just done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of practice at it <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, leveling yeah. it up. Yeah, so this is self-fulfilling. So this is one of, um, this is one of my favorite uh, quotes from Jordan Peterson recently. Uh, and I think it's because he, he, more, he, he more or less likely talks about it in his new book. So this is not a plug, but, <laughs> but what he basically says is action brings clarity. And to you know, to use your your um, your experience as an example here, is that you don't necessarily start off with a fully actualized vision that will play itself out over the next ten years, but you start somewhere, and then by taking a step forward, you can only then can you realize what parts of that initial vision is wrong and what's right, or you know, is it accurate, or do you need to move it? And because you talk about it. On a weekly basis, every I would say every week, maybe, little bit by bit, as you move forward, you're adjusting um, course uh, because you've you've formulated you've formulated it, but you've then materialized it through your actions, and mm. because you're talking about it on a regular and consistent basis, you're always able to see like, am I on track? Is this still the direction we want to head in, or do we need to move it somewhat based on? Um, you know, new information. And so, like, I completely agree. And I'm pretty sure, you know, when Jobs first started, he didn't have this idea in his head that they were going to be selling, you know, mobile phones that were going to be in everyone's pockets um, with access to the, the Alexandrian library. He just thought about what Apple meant at that point in time. Mm. And this kind of goes back to your other point. Sorry, I'll just make this one last thing. And I feel like, you know, when you talk about people like Elon who just seem to have all of these really well-informed views on topics like, you know, the politicization of Mars, it's because they're so action-orientated, because they execute almost every waking hour of their day. They are bringing into their life new information and new knowledge on topics that might not necessarily be something that's available to us mere mortals, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like, you could work at a company for 30 years, right? Mm. Uh, an existing one. And then you, let's just say that you end up being CEO. At that point, you might have zero hours experience of building a vision and communicating that vision, right? Yeah. Whereas you can start a company and it's almost like you can't start it without a vision that you could communicate to other people. Like you won't even get past go, right? Yeah. So <laughs> there's, there's, there's no ideas marketplace. You can't sell ideas, right? And so ideas need to be turned into an actual you know, business. Maybe the, the, the first component, and this is just me sort of spitballing, you know, I haven't thought about this deeply, is literally that idea with a vision and an ability to communicate it to get others to be excited to get on board. Mm. And so to me, this is like a, a thing that I think you see them, like they're, they're, they're really good at explaining and uh, having vision because they have to do it all the time. So, so it'll, it'll actualize for me, like we'll make a year seven science textbook. And I'm like, well, how does this talk into the vision? And so I'll be in there talking about, okay, well, here's how I think it can link into this. But the vision is a flexible growing thing that, that changes constantly. 
Mm. Um, so perhaps to get past Go in a brand new venture, a business, there was nothing. You must have a vision, you must have to communicate it. But to get to be CEO of an existing business, you can get there without ever having had to have vision or have to communicate it. And so some of these public company CEOs, in my opinion, are not inspiring in the slightest, you know, existing businesses, right? Yeah. Um, and almost all founders are very inspiring. Like sorry, the ones that make big businesses like whatever, Amazon, Tesla, you know, Apple, Google, etc. Yeah. yeah, I think the, the observation is that they seem to be cut from a different cloth, but that's not because of necessarily who they are as leaders, but because of how experience. they came, yeah, their experience, how they came up through building a, an organization from zero to one versus coming into that role, um, like um, Sundar Pichai, I think, is had a very, very different, um, you know, makeup as a leader as someone like, um, you know, Larry Page. Yeah, Larry Page. Um, and God, who's the other one? I forget his name all the time. Sergey Brin. Yeah, so, yeah, Sergey Brin. So I think that's a fair point. And uh, what's his name? Simon Sinek talks about how he doesn't like the title CEO because it doesn't really tell you what they do. And he would much prefer it would be CVO, which is Chief Vision Officer, because your job as the leader is to convey that vision to the rest of the organization. And so I think that's an interesting point you make, Duncan, which is like, you know, you could, you could work at Google your entire life, but never have to work on the vision until suddenly you're CEO and now this is your job. And it doesn't seem to come across as nearly as compelling as someone like Bezos or Elon, who has had to do it from day one. And now it's almost like part of their DNA. Like this is, this is ex like, this is how they start off with mm. conveying anything as part of their organization, as part, as opposed to um, just talking about what the business is working on and what's coming next. It's, it's interesting. Cause like, um, I think you can have CEOs of public companies or whatever, existing ones, like, I don't know, whatever, Goldman Sachs, right? Um, but don't have any vision needed. Do you know what I mean? McKinsey, etc. right? Um, they just do more of what's already done. So you don't need vision to do more of what's already done. <laughs> so <coughs> I talk about three types of strategies. Sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. One is there's no one land to colonize, right? I know this is a sort of colonial thing. You, you, you colonize it faster, revenue growth. You colonize it at lower cost, you know, cost maximization or profit maximization. Or three, <clears throat> find new lands to colonize or do new things. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and you can get away with the first two strategies. The existing stuff, do it faster, revenue growth. Existing stuff, do it at lower cost, profit maximization with no vision, right? But to do something new, you must, in my opinion, oh, I don't know how to do it without vision. Um, and when you've been a, you know, a founder of business, you're not doing more of something existing typically, right? You're doing something new. And so you've got like, I, I think you're born in almost all mental attributes at level zero, right? And you can cultivate them. You can cultivate your ability to talk about vision, to, to build vision, um, to communicate, to inspire, you know, um, you have to. And so they're kind of like built and they've got like Bezos, you know, hearing about how he was talking about whatever, doing AWS, doing the Fire Phone doing the ghost stores. He's kind of like in, inside of Amazon. All the new stuff was, you know, he was like one of the major proponents of the new stuff. Um, and he's got 30 years of that, you know, building ideas, vision, getting people around it, right? 
Um, so just Elon. But most people who haven't started the business have almost none. Because if you might talk it to yourself, but you don't need to collect a large group of humans together and compound whatever, mm. human capital, intellectual capital, financial capital, et cetera. And so if you don't have vision and you don't have a strong ability to communicate and, and inspire, so vision times communication done well equals inspiration, right? Mm. Then you can't necessarily build new stuff well. And so you see when, when the founders of most businesses leave, they stop doing new things because then the person who comes to the top has been there for 20, 30 years, but they've not done any vision, right? <laughs> so, so they can't get it to work. Mm. And it's interesting because it's not necessarily like one version of charisma. Like I would say Steve Jobs had a very, very, he was very high charisma, but I, I don't know if at least in the same way Elon was. And yet Elon managed to convince a large group of people <laughs> at the very early stage to say, all right, let's build an electric car company. And I can't actually picture, I mean, I, I, I've read um, his biography and, I have, and I've already forgotten most of the details, but I just can't imagine how someone of his characterization managed to inspire people. Like, I think his inspiration was through, like, reputation rather than um, imagination. Elon. Yeah. Do you not find him inspirational? How do you, okay, so, so talk to me about how you find him inspirational. Like, because... Everything. Almost every single thing he does. Do I think he's the world's greatest presenter? No. Does that mean he's not inspirational? Hell no. Those two things are totally separate. I think so? that he holds himself to extraordinarily high standards. You know, the Jordan yeah. quote. I didn't ask anyone else to do anything I myself didn't do. And yeah. that he's asking people to do similar things. I think his vision is extraordinary. And I think his ability to see insight and to put forward solutions to this is extraordinary. So to me, okay. he is the most inspirational person I'm aware of. Does All this right, mean so he's Duncan, the best presenter? Those are totally different things. No, okay, I'm not talking about presentation. And I'm also talking about before he had all of this body of work, at the very, very early stages of Tesla or SpaceX, right? When, when this is nothing but an idea. So you, you can't draw on any of that other than his ability to build X.com and then sell that into PayPal and then sell his shares in PayPal. So I'm sure he had a very compelling vision at that time. I'm going to build a rocket company where you can reuse the, um, the vessels. All right, let's build an electric car company in a market where that had already been tried and failed. Like, Okay, I'll explain like, to me. I, I think because you haven't been in very, very early stage startups, I think, as much as I have. No, it, It's about as much what you do. So you have this idea, we want to do this thing, we want to change education in the case of Edward Roller. We want to build an electric car. And then you've got to have like this macro nice thing and then you've got to make micro progress, right? Mm. And in mm. making micro progress, you can demonstrate or build units of credibility. So he would mm. have done the hard work and found interesting uh, solutions, little ones, and he was leveling himself up from being, I don't know, not mm. someone who had built cars before or whatever, to do this. And yep. At some, you know, as each little bit of time you spend with someone, you either build a unit of credibility or you burn a unit of credibility. Yeah. And what he would have been doing is building units of credibility each time and slowly increasing his level of, you know, vision and other stuff. So to me, it's, it's not like he was what, what he is today. I think to, to be who you are, yeah. you have to have done what you've done, right? And yeah. so I would believe he's better than he's, you know, I think ever been. Um, but it, it was certainly enough to get, whatever, 20 people to come on a journey and to, to start building something. So he would have yeah. been inspirational, just different type. Yeah, so I think you, um, what you pointed out there in terms of like building units of credibility is what yeah. I was trying to, I, guess, I think, get at, which is 
I think the way Elon operated was like he cre- he built little you know pockets of credibility by initially having a hypothesis, finding a way to be able to to um, test and prove that hypothesis, and then that gets more people um, engaged. Whereas I would I would think that you know Jobs had a, a much higher ability to actually persuade people rather than saying like, look, we built the Mac and here's how it works and this is what it does. He could actually paint a picture of the future, um, you know, in terms of selling sugar water versus changing the world. So he would more, that's how I would say he was more inspirational in terms of like he would actually stoke the emotional, um, you know, fire in other people, whereas Elon would be more pragmatic and say like, I have a vision for, you know, the future of energy in in the world. Here's my initial hypothesis. Here's what I've proven so far. This seems to be working. Come and, you know, let's let's keep moving this thing forward. Right? I, I'd articulate it slightly differently, which is that inspiration is the outcome. And, you know, uh-huh. someone is inspired to, to come on a journey with you, right? How you get to the outcome is, I mean, agnostic, right? Do mm-hmm. I think that Jobs and, and Elon have very different approaches? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is the outcome of which very inspirational? I think not for everyone, but for, for the people that worked at their companies, hell yeah, right? Who's more? I'm not sort of trying to debate that here. Do yeah. I think, and I've seen whatever Elon, some interview, e- interviews from Elon in the, whatever, the early 2000s. Do I think he was inspirational then? Yes. Is it a very, very different type of, you know, a way of getting yeah. people to be inspired than Jobs? Yes. Like, so again, like I think Jobs is sort of seen as the, one of the best presenters, or at least in his sort of space, you know, about, you know, yeah. product to, to, to just ever. Um, do I think Elon is the best presenter? Not necessarily. Do I think, however, his presentations are extraordinarily inspiring? Hell mm. yes. Right. Mm. Do I think mm. that they're more inspiring than Jobs for me personally? Yes. You know, do I yeah. want to work for Elon more than Jobs? Yes. Why? I find him more inspiring is one of the core reasons. And so mm. to me, um, Inspiration can be many things, but I, I think it's not necessarily in the delivery. It is what's yeah. the vision times how are we going to get there times do mm-hmm. I believe that you're progressing and showing someone that I believe I should be you know, credible with. Yeah. So if, if the vision, oh, sorry, if inspiration is um, the ends and not the means, I guess what I'm trying to tease out here is what are the means that people like Jobs and Elon employ that appear to be quite different that manage to get astronomical results because i agree with you that if to use inspire inspiring as as an outcome i agreed i don't think there's anyone more inspiring than elon in terms of like what he has created and where he seemed to be taking but as a person yeah. yeah so that's why i'm trying to understand like trying to figure out a little bit more like let, let me give you an example like um one of my favorite quotes about you know inspiring people um was from The Little Prince, which is, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men to gather wood, divide the work and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. And I can imagine Steve Jobs doing that almost, you know, naturally. I can't imagine Elon doing it in the same way. I'm sure he effectively... Do you really believe that? Look at every presentation he gives. Yeah, it's not that I don't believe that, Duncan. It's that I'm trying to figure out how he does it differently, right? Because I've seen the same presentations you have. I've seen, um, 
the the results that he's created, which is, in my mind, the most impactful companies in the 21st century. But what I'm trying to figure out is how he's managed to do that when I don't like when he doesn't have the same um, you know building blocks or makeup as someone like a Steve Jobs does. Sure. So and to it, me, I it, think it, that you're weighting a lot of stuff towards presentation quality, and I'm not saying it's not important. But it doesn't mm-hmm. make a presentation or necessarily break a presentation. Mm-hmm. I think that Elon can be extraordinarily awkward in his presentation ability. Mm-hmm. But that he has everything else. He has, in my opinion, equal best vision. I think the yep. actual things that he's saying, so the slides and the words, are equal best. The way he's saying it, not necessarily mm-hmm. the greatest, right? Do I mm-hmm. think he himself pushes to build himself into the things that he wants to be and inspires others? Yes. And the progress that he makes and the way that he, you know, whether it's problem solving through first principles or, you know, hiring other people is as good as everything. So the only lever out of that, and I think it's actually nice, it's charismatic in a sort of uncharismatic fashion. Mm. He's zero filter. He's not there trying to put the most polished thing possible. He's just there trying to get stuff done. And whether it's like, okay, I'll smoke weed on Joe Rogan or... You know, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet a thing of me saying drinking whiskey and having Ambien on the roof at the Gigafactory in, in Nevada, right? Um, yeah. And so to me, it's, actually, it's charismatic, uh, in my opinion, extraordinarily so. Uh, and now, again, charisma, I suppose, is much more subjective than objective. The other mm. things in that, in that equation I had are much more objective. Um, but it works, you know, again... Which is the number one place that engineers have wanted to work? Now, it's definitely the last few years, but looking back, I understand it's even more like 10 years ago. I, I didn't look at these things. You know, the, that is, I think, in some respects, one of the reasons why Elon might have decided to make much of his life public as a recruiting tool. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And if you've got the best engineers, then all else equal, you should probably be able to have the best company. But if you've got one good engineer and a bunch of average ones, and the other people have got all the best ones, you're in big mm. trouble. Okay, so does that make sense? Like, I think that you're weighting one variable very heavily it's not not an important variable but doing it quote elon level or way isn't necessarily a deal breaker um okay so to meet you halfway firstly i don't i'm not attributing it all to his presentation skills i I think that would be unreasonable to think like to be a good like at no um at no point do i think that a requirement of a good leader is to be a good presenter um is maybe the way i would put it for me, like, there's no doubt in my mind that he is an insanely intelligent and capable human being. And the way in which he thinks is incredibly, like, it's awe-inspiring to just, like, to see how clearly he can distill ideas or, you know, complex problems. Um, and I, But I think that, to me, is not, uh, like, you know, there are people in the world like Jordan Peterson, Brett Weinstein, Lawrence Krauss, who can also do that, who also think like that. But they're not leaders of world-changing companies. And so I'm, I guess I'm trying to square the whole of what is it about Elon specifically, and you're probably touching on it more so when you talk about how what he brings is a vision of the world that he wants to bring into, um, into, into life and building that and being able to do that in a way that is in, in, insanely productive and insanely effective 
and so people can see that and resonate it because it's you know it's tangible it's something that you can grapple with and that's you know in my mind why um you know he always gets down to the detailed level when they're talking about you know the rocket accelerants and the, the different kind of thing because everybody respects him as well and i mm-hmm. think maybe that's what i'm like i guess i'll just try to tease out for me like what is it about Elon that makes him so special? Other than the fact that he's an insanely intelligent individual, because I don't think the world is short on those people, but the world's are definitely short on Elon Musk, because there's only one of them. <laughs> I mean, I'd press back just first. Intelligence is such a fixed mindset word. He is cultivating himself to be mm. able to do what he is. He wasn't able to build rockets when he was born. He wasn't able to build rockets when he started SpaceX, and he's slowly gone through and learned how to do these things. Mm. Um, to me... I think it'll be inspirational if all you ever saw of him, right, was that he'd built SpaceX and Tesla, amongst other things, right? He never spoke externally, right? Um, and I think internally, it's like, well, inspiration is many things, but it's like the level of problem-solving ability times level of work ethic times level of execution. Do you know what I mean? And I think he's like 10 on all of them, right? Yeah. Um, I think that his ability to have vision and why he's doing these things. It's not like, oh, so I can be rich. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, I wanted to make like a photo sharing app and put some filters on it. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, then we change it from bourbon to Instagram, you know. Um, and nothing against Kevin Systrom. I think he's an inspirational dude, right? Um, but it's, it's not the same level as Elon, right? <laughs> this is, you know, it's like, yeah. um, so to me, um, I think that Elon has been able to cultivate himself at, through, through sheer effort to, yeah. to be, have a level of acumen you know, in his fields that nobody comes close to. Yeah. I think that his ability and knowledge is broad. Philosophy, politics, on and on and on and on, right? Not just engineering, you know? And I think internally, um, and company, um, I, you know, I'm sure some leaders don't, but I, I'm confident that the, the, you know, the better ones do. You are communicating all the time. You have all hands weekly, you're trying to see your teams and other stuff, right? Uh, and this is not just part of a discussion or conversation. It is you, it's, you know, saying the vision, inspiring, right? So to me, and this, is, this wasn't what this was meant to be, it's meant to be a discussion, but I think it's actually like what makes the great great? Well, there's many, many, many things, but I think a common sort of line or through line is that they're able to inspire, but yeah. that isn't something you're born with, that's something you've built. Hmm. I, I just want to also like give credit where credit is due, I guess. But for me... Here you go. One of the most inspiring things I find about Elon, and it doesn't have to, it, it can go back to when he first started SpaceX and Tesla, is the sheer audacity of the vision, right? It's like, so you can, um, you can find a leader, like let's just use yourself as an example. You can have a vision on changing education for the better for the world. But for someone, I feel, to come along and say like, let's build the electric car company for the 21st century when everyone myself included would would say at that point not everyone most people people like myself would say hold on that's been done and most companies a hundred times your size have failed miserably at it like who are you to think that you could actually do this same with spacex let's build a rocket company it's like hold on that's what nasa's for like who are you to think you could build a rocket company that's going to be any way different and to think that he just could see a world where it would be not only the most like successful version of that, but insanely different. Like, 
is is on a level I think far beyond that of some of people who are building tech companies today, and that he could actually sure. see how that would actually manifest. It was just like death. So for me, like the audacity of his vision is what I find, you know, probably one of the most inspiring. I'll just add two things. Maybe let me do one of this. Like I honestly believe that the the vision for Ed Rollo is as game changing as Elon's ones. I know that I'm biased. Um, but you know, I think we can fundamentally level up education in a way that I don't think has happened since the advent of the government education system, you know, 150 years ago. Um, and the, the impact will be hopefully as big. Um, so to me, having big vision is the necessity to get past go. Like yeah. the bigger the vision, the better. You want to collect people to work on something, make it as big as possible, right? And you must start somewhere. So to me, I don't think that the audacity is something that is, in, you know, I don't know, daunting. It's the opposite. It's inspiring. Right, mm. and to me, pick the single biggest one you can, and that's what I think that the vast majority of people should be looking to do with their businesses. Now, a lot of people, I don't know, have never started the business, and so they haven't thought about this. So it seems that they're just working at a company, punching a ticket, right? Yeah. Um, to me, you also start somewhere. Like people weren't able to do any of the things we're doing today. So to me, I, I'm not at all surprised that Elon is the one doing it. The incumbents, almost, you know, without their founders there, don't innovate. They just you know, bloody do derivations of what they've done. If you look back through time, innovators of Lemon Clayton, Christensen, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, those people, are the, the new people are the ones that are always innovating. They're doing the new things. It's always been the case. So to me, in my opinion, you know, I don't know, people hadn't tried, or some of them had tried certain places, you know, to do certain things, but like, this is kind of what it was always going to be. So Elon's vision is a good one. And I think many, many businesses have good visions, whatever, like Google, et cetera. Um, and... You know, I think that it was much more likely that some outsider was to do this than the incumbents. And that's and the case through all of the, you know, through, if you look through Leighton Creighton Christian's book, you know, almost never do the incumbents do the innovation to the next iteration or to the next mm. generation. So this is just mm. standard. So to me, Elon is a prototypical startup entrepreneur. And, but I, you know, think perhaps the best physics based one ever. Um, and that he's inspirational in almost all areas, having said, which he has his weaknesses. And there are certain things that he does that I would say aren't great ideas. <laughs> but, you know, to me, this is, the, I suppose, the main point here. The, the, what makes the great great? They have learned how to inspire. Mm. It's a necessity to get past go and it's a necessity to go from small to large. And so those things are crucial. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, we're coming up to the one hour mark and you've, mm. you've done a pretty so good job of summarizing right there. <laughs> um, but I, going back to your formula, which I'm not going to be able to list off the top of my head, but I think it, it, it almost is quite formulaic in such a way that if any of the variables equals zero, then you're not going to get to being the leader of a successful and inspiring company. Like if you've got an insane vision, great, that's one thing. But if you can't execute on that vision, then you're stuck. Um, and I can't remember what the third variable is, but I, I feel like it's something to the tune of getting other people to come on board. Like if you can execute, if you're a highly productive individual with a highly um, inspiring vision, but if you can't get people to join you on your journey, then you're stuck. So for me, um, it's, it's, it's great to be able to see how you break that down into those, if I am correct, if it's vision times execution times people, um, this, this helped you understand, you know, how people like Elon Jobs, even Bezos and Zuckerberg got to where they are today. Because it's not just one, uh, it's not like they're 100 or 10 out of 10 in, in one quarter. They're, they have to do it across a multitude of these things. So for me, like, 
why I find like Elon one of the most in, like interesting characters and inspiring people uh, is you know is that sense of most incredible vision that I can think of as an individual the most productive human being I can think of as an individual um, and his ability to get people to join him on that journey is more of a mystery to me than other leaders like Jobs or Bezos but he doesn't seem to have any trouble with that and you know now that he has momentum as you point out he has um, you know media days for engineers as much as it is for potential um, for the general public and so I do believe he's an ins- He's incredibly adept at knowing how to bring people along on his journey. Um, so yeah, so like yeah. Elon, like I'd look at it. Sorry, no, no, go. I'd look at it the difference. James has just said that he finds Elon the most inspiring person that he, he can think of, and then he says he doesn't know how he gets to bring people along. I'm like, dude, because he's inspirational. Not that you can't necessarily articulate why, but as long as you, he is, then he can get people to come along, right? So you've said it. He's the most inspiring person you know. You don't necessarily have a good ability currently to explain why you find that. But clearly, a lot of other people agree. Hence why he's able to build what it is. It's just that it may not have been the formula that you would have put forward, whatever, three weeks ago as this. But I don't think there is one way to be inspiring. I think there's an infinite number of ways. What matters Mm. is the outcome. Are you inspiring? Not necessarily how you get there. And I think, to me, he's the most inspirational business leader. that I'm aware of ever, you know? Yeah. You have to go to people like Carnegie to get me to be inspired, similar, but then it is more than Carnegie. All right, yeah. um, so that's the summary. Let's wrap this up here. I'll speak to you soon, dude. All right, cheers, Jacob. Bye.